0: Well, hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of CHP Talks, and I'm here today with a very special guest, Mr. Vince Byfield. Uh, Vince is the son of the late Ted Byfield. Many of our listeners will know that name. Uh, and Ted, of course, uh, for those who know him, it was a truly iconic figure in the reform movement, especially in the Western provinces of Canada. The Byfield family published uh, the BC Report magazine, the Alberta Report, the Western Report. And by the way, my wife and I used to fight over these issues when they came into our home. So we wanted to read uh, what uh, Ted and his son, other son, Link, had written. Um, but. They together mobilized a generation of concerned citizens to get involved, to pay attention to current events in Canada, and to challenge the left-leaning assumptions of government, both federal and provincial. The Byfield family also published a very significant collection of hardcover books detailing the history of Christianity, simply called The Christians, The First 2000 Years. Uh, and every family in canada should uh, should own a copy of uh, a set of these books very informative very powerful. Uh, Vince Byfield our guest today is currently working on a book highlighting the contributions of christianity to civilization. Uh, Vince lives in edmonton with his wife and children and is a voice for freedom, morality and personal responsibility. So Vince, thank you for joining us today. Uh, By the way, before uh, we launch in, I'll just let people know I am in a Tim Hortons in Bowmanville, Ontario. Elaine and I are continuing our journey across the country. This is our our third Tim Hortons interview on this trip. And uh, we will be in Ottawa tonight uh, for the Canada Strong and Free Conference the next few days, and then next week, will be there for uh, the march for life on may 12th vince thank you for joining me today uh squeezing us into your schedule we look forward to hearing about the book you're working on
1: thank you for having me it's an honor to be on your show rod
0: well first i want to ask you what was it like growing up in the byfield home A lot of people would think, you know, what what would that be like with Ted Byfield himself there? And of course, it was your dad. Uh, So just tell us a little bit about that experience.
1: Well, uh, if I would be brutally honest, Ted Byfield wasn't there in that home. Dad, uh, dad accomplished many many things in his life and he wouldn't have done that by sitting on a chesterfield so uh dad frankly you know there is good and bad to working and living with such such a a a soul Uh, and uh, some of us in the family some of his children learned that the, the one way to become really close to your father in such a situation is to work <laughs> for your father. So uh, that was my story. I started working for dad when I was the ripe old age of eight, uh, getting a, the princely sum of 60 cents an hour uh, yeah. back in 1973 when, when the first issues of the magazine were coming out. So um, yeah. But what was it like? He, uh, um, well, I don't think that's a a fair question to ask of a, of a son or a daughter, because we, we are colored in, in our viewpoints. I think that we don't see our dad the way God sees our dad. We see, you know, all, all children, I think, grow up thinking first that their mom and dad are um, demigods in their own way. And then, and then you know puberty sets in, adolescence sets in, and we realize there there are many and various flaws. And and at that point in life, uh, some of us rise above that and learn to forgive and love our parents and others. Um, uh, Will never be able to forgive the fall. Uh, through no fault of their own really uh, it's all our own perceptions and i i was probably a mixture of both of those uh but i'm immensely proud to call myself uh a son of ted uh and uh and i'm very um honored to have been part of um, much of what he has done Yes, yeah. so,
0: you you i'm sure that you have had some notable personalities in your home uh, we were honored oh, to yeah. have your dad <laughs> in our home uh, way back i don't know 25 years ago or so uh, when he came to speak to our pro life group in northern british columbia but uh, but i'm sure you had a series of political personages and writers and uh, and activists of various sorts passing through your home while you were young
1: very many uh, and uh, so and many of them are still uh in of uh, playing a, an influential role today right so I don't want, I don't want to drop names but yeah, but there sure. but there's uh, quite a few and
0: I understand that uh, Jonathan van Meren is writing a biography of mm-hmm. your father uh, can you tell us anything about that before we get on to the book that you're writing
1: uh, well sure uh, yesterday the cover just came in the draft of the cover the book is going to be called Prairie Lion. Uh, so this is a manuscript. I won't go into it. Jonathan's done a, a stellar job. Uh, it's uh, um, I, I'm really excited. We're hoping to have it available by I would say early August. It's very hard to get things printed right now because there's uh, shortages of paper and all of the economic woes that right. that beset our civilization. Um, but uh, um, it's uh, he spent. I think he said he's recorded almost 100 hours of interviewing with dad, he's poured over um, the archives, the family archives, Uh, he has interviewed dozens of people who knew dad well, Uh, and and I think he's done an an exceptional job uh, with this book, Uh, so I'm really uh, looking forward to it coming out so um, yeah. That's about all I can tell you right
0: now. Well, Jonathan is a great writer. He's got a great mind, and a great intellect, and, and a good perspective on the affairs uh, of our world and our nation. And uh, certainly, I've seen his uh, a tribute to your dad that he wrote. That was very you know, powerful and well written. So that's uh, that's exciting. And then the uh, the book that you're working on, uh, the fruits of Christendom. Um, I want, want to ask you about that. Where are you at with that? What's the, uh, well, just give us a broad view of that book. Sure. Christendom.
1: Right. So, um, a little bit of background first, uh, the dad's last great opus was, uh, a 12 volume series. You, you've mentioned it already. The Christians, their first 2000 years. Uh, so, um, uh, pax can you get me a calendar the most recent calendar so the each of the 12 books it's it tells the story from the time of christ to present day and it very much tells it as a story it's not an encyclopedia people might think that but it's not the case it's designed to be read one volume what's going to happen next sort of thing and uh so many people tell me i i was just uh just prior to this conversation on a call with a guy who who kept saying over and over again i had no idea of this i had no idea of that it really is a astonishing what christians have accomplished in the in our lord's name over the centuries um so um that that series has done exceptionally well. Uh, we've sold 185,000 volumes so far. I think it's 5,000 to qualify as a Canadian bestseller. So so we're we're doing all right. Um, the books. Uh, but one of the things that that I asked Dad is that because it's so extensive, you know, when you add up the word count for all 12 volumes, it's comparable to a Bible. I said about three quarters of a million words so um the, the uh i asked dad you know if if your average young person was uh was to be uh where, where in the books does it say for example that most of the universities t- that stand today or colleges were started uh by one church or another where is that? And he said, well, it's in there. And then I said, can you show me where? Because I, I couldn't find it. And so he then spent three days poring over the books himself, trying to find it. He couldn't find it. But he said, it's definitely implied. And it is. And I said, but the young people, uh, or for that matter, any Christian needs to be able to better defend their faith, especially today in this environment where Many people in the media and in educational establishments uh, are taking the view that that Christianity has actually been more of a bane than a boon, and uh, and and that that is so far from the, the the actual truth that it that it's it's very harmful for society as a whole. So, I said, we don't you think we need a book that uh, that states this information in a in a more readily accessible fashion and so from that has been birthed this book this new book fruits of christendom so uh, i'm going to pull out the poster for a moment so okay. so um
0: the uh here those who are watching in the video you'll get to see a preview of some of this work uh, for our listeners—you'll just have to uh, imagine it. So here,
1: yeah, I'll I, I'll I'll try to respect that. So so uh, each it's one volume, uh, but each of the volumes, sorry, each of the chapters. There's ten chapters in it. Each chapter will focus on an aspect of um, of modern life. For example, there's a chapter on science. There's a chapter on healthcare. There's a chapter on business. There's a chapter on education. Um, there's also more societal based ones. For example, there's one on government. There's one on human rights. There's one on war. And each of these instances, we go through the 2000 years, we identify the major advances in that area. And then we drill in to discover what roles Christians played in those advances. And uh, what we are discovering uh, is that in almost every instance, Christians played uh, pivotal roles almost all the time. And these are usually not just any Christians. These are very ardent, sincere, uh, earnest Christians. So, so um, uh, an example, obvious example, is um, Sir Isaac Newton. He Um, It's well known to most people as the father of many scientific laws, the law of gravity, the laws of motion. Um, What's not as well known is that for every word that he wrote on the topic of science, he wrote four words on biblical prophecy. And uh, so now, being a scientist, much of what he went on to look into would be viewed as heresy today. But what I'm trying to point out is that um, he had an intense interest. It's normal for a scientist to sort of go into areas that would be uh, considered a heretical. or, or uh, But, but I, I want to point out there is nevertheless an intense interest in the spiritual realm just in that one instance and this is but but hardly anybody knows that he wrote four times as much on on spiritual matters and and that to me is a is a, a wrong that our educational establishment has chosen to not right and so so both right in terms of wr but also right as in making so, correct
0: i'm sure you'll cover things like the building of hospitals the establishment oh yes first of these yes um, yeah no
1: actually actually it's i realized that's an excellent point the building of hospitals was one of the ones that got me going on this i had seen a um, popular film that was talking about the first hospital being islamic and I thought, well, that's not how I remember things. So I started digging into it. And sure enough, it's been corrected now, but the Wikipedia page said, yes, the first hospitals were in Islam. And, and uh, so I looked into it some more. They, I, I was curious who Wikipedia would source for that. And so they had sourced the National Library of Medicine, which... Uh, meaning the american library of medicine and and there they had just a page that stated yes the first hospital was islamic but they didn't state their their source they didn't even they didn't, uh, they didn't, the person who had written the page didn't identify themselves. And so this is what Wikipedia was giving us the be all and end all. But uh, if anyone who's, who's done any kind of research on this knows that um, it's, uh, it is a, uh, was one of the lesser known edicts from the Council of Nicaea, that uh, in this new, uh, so Nicaea, the Council of Nicaea was, um, a lot was established at that time, um, that's essentially when uh, around the time that the Roman Empire was becoming Christian, and, uh, and so they were building uh, newfound cathedrals throughout the empire, and it was also uh, dictated that next to each of the cathedrals would be a hospital. And, uh, and there's further evidence to corroborate that hospitals. There's been manuscripts found that predate uh, Islam by uh, over 200 years, which were essentially the first uh, medical um, in, you know manuals in terms of what to do in this instance or that instance. So, so there's a lot of strong evidence that the hospitals, as we know today, definitely predates Islam. And I'm not trying to knock Islam, I'm just wanting to make sure that the record is correct. Uh, And and, and it's this sort of thing that uh, this new book we hope to address. Other ones that are common is, I'm sure you've heard this, Rod, Um, someone might just sort of say uh, um, casually that religion is the cause of all war. That's a very common refrain, and it couldn't be further from the truth. There's two encyclopedias that have dug into, that have tried to chronicle over a thousand major conflicts uh, in human history, recorded human history, and they try to dig into the root causes of each of these conflicts, and they determined that um, less than uh, 6% of all war it has as its primary uh, 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 cause uh, religious motives, and of that six percent, five of the six percent are Islamic um, wars or initiated uh, under the name of Islam. So, so Christianity and, by that matter, all the other religions, Buddhism, etc amount to less than 1% of war. The The vast majority of wars are, surprise, surprise, motivated by greed <laughs> in one way or another. Well, well uh, so... that kind of, uh, there's a biblical, um, you know,
0: background for that. The Apostle James, uh, the writer James says, uh, from where do wars come from among you? Don't they come from the lust that war in your flesh? You exactly. have not, you yeah. kill, desire to have, and you cannot- exactly.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So we have this. This uh, because, to be fair, a lot of technological progress has occurred in the last few centuries, especially, and it and it does seem to be accelerating. Uh, but human nature, uh, I, as far as I can tell, has not changed one whit. Uh, and all all that we are accomplishing is learning to do things more efficiently. Right now, that's saving lives, but it could easily turn on a dime to to ex you know extinguishing life. Yeah. So we we need to be conscious of that at all times. And so anyway, carry well, on.
0: When do you think uh, that your book will
1: be available? Or, uh, do you have a kind of a headache yeah. in mind? Yeah, we, we're publishing the new book uh, on a chapter-by-chapter basis, sort of in the days, back in the 19th century, books were done in this fashion. Dickens books, We, you know, they publish one chapter and everyone wait wait for the next sort of thing. Well, we're doing it kind of like that. We're, we're, we've got five of the ten chapters in the works right now, and we're raising funds to uh, hopefully be able to, with God's help, have the other five done next year so so when each of the chapters is finished we will be publishing that chapter as it on its own as its own little book uh in soft cover form uh and and that's for evangelical purposes, churches may discover that that book uh, works. You know, for example, the, the the chapter on war, where we'll go over things like the how the code of chivalry was formed, how the Red Cross Society was started, the Geneva Convention—all always Christians involved in these efforts. Um, that chapter may resonate with young men, for example. So, so uh, churches may discover that. Uh, having a little book like that is less intimidating for a generation that has uh, uh, become less accustomed to reading larger texts. So, no. well, so, so, so those, hopefully fine. So go ahead. Are the first five chapters in, are they
0: available now?
1: Uh, no, we're working on them right now. So we're hoping to have them ready by Christmas. And then the other five by next christmas and and the book uh in in its entirety by next christmas
0: wonderful uh, and, yeah and where do people go to uh watch the progress or to contribute to the
1: cause or to uh, oh yeah get so ready to, to so purchase when when they become available so i have i didn't have it handy but oh maybe it's on the back of this calendar uh thechristians.com is our website uh the christians with an s.com and uh, you can you can always purchase our books there uh, and uh, uh, and donate as well. Uh, we we've got if um, if a person is uh, able to donate uh, 250 dollars or more to the making of our next book the fruits of christendom we we uh will uh attribute them in the printing the first printing as a sponsor of the book and in a in appreciation for the donation and uh, and give them a copy of the the first book when it's when it's completed so, so
0: ultimately uh, the uh, book will all 10 chapters will be uh published in in a single book format right? yeah
1: yeah, yeah, it's it, that's right. Very similar to the books that we have now. One of the things I want to point out uh, is that when we do books, because uh, Dad, being a newspaperman, he he knew that smaller articles resonate with people who are unaccustomed to reading. So often you'll see these one page or 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 one half page spread over two uh, smaller articles. We call them sidebars. Uh, so in the series that we did here, anecdotally, we've discovered that, um, pe- young people or, or, or people unaccustomed to reading history often would gravitate to those smaller articles first. So, so on average, we'd have three of these smaller articles. Here's one, uh, just sort of on the cathedral of Washington. Uh, but, um, so, um, we found that young people would gravitate to those. So we averaged three per chapter in the series. We're, we're, we're cranking that up for this new one. So we're going to have 10 sidebars per chapter. So that means 10 chapters, 10 sidebars, a total of 110 articles in this next book, which God willing will all be penned by different authors. So we're have 110 authors we have fifty researchers involved with it. We have fifty academic professors who are helping validate it. We're all told, over two hundred people involved in the making of a book. That said, it'll either be uh, uh, a miraculous creation, or it'll be a dog's breakfast. Uh, we're we're praying for the former. Uh, but right. well. uh, but so far, it's been going amazingly well. When we need a researcher but lo lo and behold someone will literally call us and and be perfectly suited for for researching that particular area it's just been so far i believe we've been very blessed uh so
0: very exciting vince and very necessary work at this time when uh uh, the the cancel culture is attacking Uh, our Christian heritage, our Christian roots, and uh, basically uh, unaware, many people are so unaware of the contributions Christianity has made uh, to our society. So we really appreciate that you are working on this. Look forward to uh, those first chapters when they become available. And so folks uh, go to the Christians with an s on end dot com and uh, follow this work contribute if you're able to uh, and help uh, Vince get this important work out to the public. And we just, we're so uh, grateful for, for you taking this on. It was a pleasure to meet you as we traveled through Edmonton and to be in a home where uh, so much has happened and, and is still happening there today. So uh, God bless you. Any oh, final you. words you'd you. like to leave with our listeners and viewers?
1: Well, I guess I just want to return the, the the gratitude. I'm very thankful for the work that you have been doing, Rod, and the Christian Heritage Party. I believe that uh, we need more Christians speaking up. Uh, if we there there has been this attitude that uh, the separation of church and state means that. That Christians should not involve themselves in affairs of state and uh, that couldn't be further from the truth. I I think that what you are doing is absolutely vital to the restoration of uh, peace and prosperity in this nation and so i pray that uh, you will be blessed and the 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 whole organization of the christian heritage party will 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 experience uh, a a tremendous resurgence and revival um, as more and more christians come to develop the the intestinal fortitude to speak up and so god bless you for what you're doing wrong well, thank you very much. So, uh, folks, uh, be sure to
0: visit thechristians.com. To follow the work uh, that Vince is doing on the fruits of Christendom. And uh, this, is, this is a tremendous opportunity. Thanks for joining us today, Vince. Thank you. And for all of our listeners and viewers, we'll see you again next week for another edition of CHP Talks.
2: Thanks. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to CHP Talks. For more content you don't want to miss, be sure to subscribe to our weekly podcast, CHP Talks. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. To view our weekly episodes in a video format, you can find us on Brighteon at brightioncom forward slash channel forward slash CHP Canada. On BitChute at bitshoot.com forward slash channel forward slash chp canada now social media censorship and the cancel culture have restricted what we can discuss on youtube but most of our programs can still be found on youtube at youtube.com forward slash c forward slash chp canada thanks for joining us please share this information with others after all speaking the truth is an act of love i'm rod taylor national leader of chp canada and your host of CHP Talks. See you next week.